And they say yeah. And they say yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty nuts, man. How about you guys? What was the environment you were watching it in down in uh, La Crosse, Wisconsin? Was it just I was by just yourself? in the basement by myself. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, damn. Um, but then the, the problem was, too, our stream was pretty far behind, and our group chat That's was right, just yeah. blowing up. <laughs> After blowing up, and so I really wanted to, like, I, I wanted to somehow share in the moment, and then some of the guys were, like, just trigger fingers on. They must have just had their phones on them when they were watching, like, just ready to type something up, which I, I, I mean, I was pretty far away, but my phone, it was just exploding. And so I just threw my phone down and mm-hmm. just like, like, yeah, I celebrated in the basement, but it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was just, it was cool to see. It was weird. It was, it was almost like it was two separate games. Mm. Like, you know, from that first drive and then to the fourth quarter was just a whole other game versus the fourth quarter and overtime. Yeah, this is fun. the Vikings have got to be one of the, fir- the one of the best. And this goes back to the Zimmer days too, but one of the best ever like first drive teams in mm-hmm. NFL. At least the last Dude, few yeah. years, we score every time, every, drive. every time. And when they get a three and out to start the game, Josh Allen nearly throws a pick to Sullivan on that third and eight, third play of the game. Uh, it's a three and out. They punt to us. We march down the field. Kirk throws a beauty bread basket to JJ. Touchdown. Seven rip. And we're getting the ball back at, at the end of the half. And then, yeah, obviously it it deteriorated from there and then went back. But oh, let's just hop right into it. The Vikings knock off the Bills 33-30 in overtime in one of the craziest football games I've ever seen. I mean, the only thing that can really compare to that is the Bills and Chiefs. The playoff game last season yeah. was also insane. But, I mean, when, when you have your team in the game, you're just so much more invested into it, um, even though it was a regular season game. It was an absolutely insane football game. Patrick Peterson sealing the deal with a walk-off interception in the end zone. BG, it, it felt like a playoff game. It felt like we were down and out of it in the third quarter, and we, we were down 17. Um, and to come back in that environment and to win on the road in that environment in the NFL with everything going uh, kind of their way, at least from the officiating standpoint, um, there was some some very big time missed calls. They had 12 men on the field on that first and goal. Didn't get called um, with Kirk's terrible interception in to start the uh, the second half. The one in the first half I didn't mind as much, but but and the missed extra point to overcome all of that and still get a win, absolutely incredible. Yeah, I think there was really three different times throughout the game where I thought 100 percent chance that we were going to lose the game mm-hmm. and then three times throughout the game where I 100% thought we were going to win the game and just that emotional roller coaster and uh, Scott Hansen with NFL Red Zone talked about it after the game but he talked about the winning probabilities that the Vikings were at like 75% and then down to 1% uh, when Josh Allen and them had the ball on the one yard line and then back to 70% and then down and up it was just it was a crazy game one of those games where you have to get up and, and wipe your hands off on the couch because mm-hmm. they're getting so sweaty. But um, I was talking about it after. I think it's the best game, best Vikings game I've seen since the uh, Minneapolis Miracle. And I think that actually was just the better play, the Minneapolis Miracle. But this Bills game was actually a better game um, than that Saints game. And it's just, it was an awesome game. I, I can't state that enough. It was a huge game for the Vikings to go in Buffalo with Josh Allen playing and get a statement win like that. And to come from behind down 17, I think that the Bills were 52-0 and um, in their last games when they were up 17 or 14, 14 at wow. half. 14 plus yeah. at half at home. 14 plus at half. It's been 40 years. We'll hear uh, from, from KFC in just a little bit about that. But, yeah, over 40 years since they blew a lead like that at home. Yeah, and these guys, meaning the Vikings, are just finding ways to win week in and week out. And I honestly feel like we're still not playing our best football. We score on the first drive like we've done pretty much every single game the past five years, and then we go on a scoring drought from there, and we find ourselves down 17 against the Bills, and we find a way in, in Buffalo to come back force some turnovers against probably the best quarterback in the NFL, uh, make some key stops, and Jefferson to have some unbelievable catches. That might be the best catch I've seen on, in my life. Um, and with that impactfulness behind it too, it's it's definitely up there. But um, Kirk made some great throws in the fourth quarter and in overtime. And you know him having two interceptions wasn't great. I agree on the K.J. Osborne one. 
I saw a side film of that, and KJ kind of got bumped off his route. So it looked a lot worse than it actually was. But, mm-hmm. I mean, they both throw two interceptions, and I think Kirk outplays Josh Allen and makes the big plays when it happens. So mm-hmm. um, I, I, I totally knew this team could do that, but it's just nice outside of Minnesota, and I'm sure we'll talk when we, when we get to the pick segment. But it seems like now they'll back off a little bit um, with that Minnesota doesn't have any key wins. And it's it's just good to see the Vikings pull through in by far the toughest game of the year. Definitely a signature win on the season so far. Zach, your reaction to Sunday's overtime victory? Uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, I know we were talking a little bit about it before. I was just by myself in the basement and trying to reach out to people at the same time. Didn't want to even be near my phone. It was just one of those moments that it did kind of feel like the Minneapolis miracle just with lower stakes. Um, but who knows? Maybe this does have... I mean, crazy implications going further, especially with the Eagles losing to uh, Washington. And you just, I don't know, you don't know where this one's going to lead. And that just feels, I mean, like Brady was saying, if we, you know, had a win percentage down to 1% in the 70 and then to 1%. I mean, I, I was close. I try not to do this. I try not to be this person. And I, I'm doing this more and more and I got to stop. But turning off the TV or turning the channel when that 1%, but even, even so, I've turned it on even cra- like less crazy ones than that. That game should have been over. It absolutely should have been over. Um, but I just, I'm proud of the Vikings. Haven't said that in a long time. But just like super proud of them. That was awesome. Um, and going forward, it just kind of seems as if it's ours to lose at this point. Um, I don't know if anyone else sees it that way. Um, I just don't know anyone in the NFC, especially if we get another shot at Philly. Um, I like the way we're playing, and I just don't know. Like I said, it's ours to lose. I don't know anyone that can that can beat us, especially especially if we are playing better football than this. Because I know we can. I know you're talking about that. Because there's a lot. There is stuff we can improve on, and that's the exciting part. So yep, yeah, just pretty cool to see. Exactly. I mean, the keys for for Minnesota is they're going to be favored in every game <clears throat> the rest of the way, besides against Dallas um, somehow, and we'll get into that with picks segment later. But uh, they're going to be favored in every game the rest of the way out. At least they are right now besides Dallas. And and the other thing is staying healthy. They've done an incredible job of staying healthy. And whether that's luck or or a coaching staff or the the training staff, I mean, you have to give them credit for keeping those guys healthy. But you just got to hope that that continues. And we do have a couple players now. I think it's... um, Darison was Bynum the other one in the uh, concussion protocol this week. I, I don't recall if it was Bynum or uh, somebody else, but Darison for sure in concussion protocol. Um, at some point, I think it was what early second half, maybe late first half, where he went down, and then Brandel steps in and just does a flawless job. I mean, there was some stuff that he gave up for sure, but to, to step in in that situation uh, for a backup offensive lineman was uh, something that we probably wouldn't expect. Uh, the Vikings to have his depth at the offensive line position and, and it showed up on Sunday in very crucial fashion but back to Justin Jefferson a career high day for him 193 yards that's the most he's ever had and the most by any NFL receiver this season um, looking at some of the next gen stats that came out of Sunday Jefferson had an average of just 1.5 yards of separation from the closest defender on his 16 targets only three players in the NFL have had that 1.5 yards of separation and surpassed 100 yards this season. Um, another Here's a pro football focus stat from Sunday. Jefferson had seven contested catches, were the most by any player in the league since they began tracking that metric in 2016. And nine of the 10 Jefferson catches had an expected completion rate of less than 50%. And if you look at that throw on fourth and 18, you got a, what do you call that, a one percenter, a, a point one percenter? I mean, that was, that was unbelievable. one of the most unreal catches I have ever seen in my life. And when you consider the circumstances and how many times the Vikings had their back against the wall, at least seven or eight plays where if they get a first down or the, the Vikings don't get a first down, the game is over and, and Time and time again on Sunday, they were able to pull through in those situations, which was absolutely incredible. Um, Let's see. I think I had a few other stats. Um, Next-gen stats, another one here. Cousins threw 30% of his passes into tight 
windows on Sunday. The figure was the highest in the league this week, and it came a week after Cousins. 25% aggressiveness score was the third highest in the NFL last week. Um, so Cousins, he, he was, again, he made some bad throws, but he was absolutely unreal. I mean, I saw a clip uh, cut up today of about eight or nine throws from Sunday um, that Kirk Cousins just wouldn't make last season. He would not have made without Kevin O'Connell in his ear and just directing that offense. Uh, and Kirk was 30 of 50 for 357 yards. He had the touchdown to J.J., the two interceptions, but he was really, really good in the end of the games, and that's been the biggest thing this year. His numbers, Kirk's numbers are down statistically uh, compared to previous seasons, but the, but he has been absolutely unreal in, in those clutch, gotta-have-it moments uh, and that's where this team is just striving. In the gotta have it moments, they're a really, really tough team to beat. Dalvin Cook, he had a kind of gotta have it moment, and he breaks away for an 81 yard touchdown run. Uh, it's the second time this season he's done that. Long touchdown runs. We've missed that from Dalvin the last few seasons, it's felt like. Uh, and that was an absolute game changer at that point of the game to get a quick score, to get the defense back on the field them to get a stop and get the ball back to the offense doesn't happen with Dalvin Cook's doesn't happen without Dalvin Cook's 81 yard touchdown run and a key part of that play too that that you're probably not going to hear a lot about is Justin Jefferson with an absolute destroy block on the safety there on that play to free up um, to free up Dalvin Cook to make that run in the offensive line as well Uh, Ezra Cleveland had an absolutely astounding game Cleveland is really stepping into his own he had a couple, a couple blocks I saw from from uh, an offensive lineman I follow on Twitter who reviews some of their games and, and just some unreal blocks, especially on fourth down. Um, Dalvin Cook had a ma- massive blitz pickup in the fourth quarter. Just just play after play where guys are doing the little things right and, and finding a way to win these close games. It's now what seven one score games in a row the Vikings have won, uh, which is. Uh, an unbelievable stat because it's very rare for that to happen in the NFL. Um, before I move on to defense, you guys got anything offensively they didn't touch on that that you wanted to hit? KJ Osborne, I guess, had another thing here. The fourth and one, the uh, the jet sweep early fourth quarter, down twenty seven seventeen. They run the jet sweep to KJ. Looks like he's about to be stopped. Second effort, third effort, dives out of bounds over the first down marker. We get the first down keep the drive going same drive it's fourth and six Kirk hits TJ Hawkinson on the curl route curl route into the middle of the field wasn't a lot of room Kirk just whipped that ball in there I mean that those are just the plays that have not been there in the past and that's why we're winning right now because we're winning in the margins and we're winning on those fourth and ones uh, besides that fourth and one from the goal line but it, it was an incredible day yeah I think another person to shout out is TJ Hawkinson um, just with his second week with the Vikings through two games, he has 16 catches. Uh, he had seven catches for only 45 yards this week, but, I mean, they're the big, important catches on third and short, third and five, that keeps those drives going, that gets Jefferson those yards and those catches. It's guys like that, that 45 yards isn't that impressive, especially with seven catches, but, I mean, he got 10 targets. He's becoming a um, great option for Kirk when Jefferson is getting doubled or if we just need to go to Hawkinson because he has a, a mismatch. Um, we're not thrown to Irv Smith 10 times a game or nine times a game like we did last week. And again, it's his second week on the Vikings and he has had such an immediate impact. It's against these good teams. It's going to take a whole team effort, especially when stuff isn't going your way. Like Kirk throwing two picks like that Gabriel Davis incompletion being a ruled rule to catch like your mm-hmm. kicker missing an extra point. You're going to need different guys to step up. And Zach, like you said before being proud of the Vikings, I'm proud of them too, because it's not just Jefferson and Kirk who had a great game. Delvin Cook with 119 yards. Thielen with five catches. Hawkinson with seven catches. Osborne with four catches. Um, we have uh, Andrew Booth go out there, and I don't know if he got injured at the last part of the game, but that guy who broke up that pass to Dawson Knox in the end zone. I forget Duke his Shelley. name. Duke Shelley. Just a huge play. You're coming in. I don't know I don't know if that's the first play on the defense for the Vikings this season. It very well could be because I have never heard of him before. And he knocks the ball away from Josh Allen going to Dawson Knox. It's just huge. Brando, like you said. I didn't even know C.J. Derrissaw was out for a quarter or so before they brought up that he was out because Brando was doing such a good job. It's you could point the finger to so many guys here, and we needed every single one to to get away. 
uh, with a win in Buffalo when things were going our way and when things absolutely weren't going our way. And if we're, if we're going to make a deep playoff push and if we're going to make it to that big game, which after this Buffalo win, I think we know that we can beat anybody anywhere, uh, we're going to need to replicate that. And kind of the theme we've talked about this season is get better week in and week out. So you're always getting better as the season progresses. And I am ultra, ultra confident in Kevin O'Connell and him being the guy that Kirk Cousins and the rest of the Vikings needed. He is the guy, and I'm so happy to have him. I know. I mean, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. We're, we're lucky to have him. Uh, let's listen to KOC and the Vikings in the locker room after the win on Sunday. We've won football games a lot of different ways. We keep talking about any means necessary, being at your best when it's required, but you also have to be willing to look inward sometimes when it's tough. All right, when it's really, really hard. And the only way you can persevere is by relying on the man next to you. Coaches, players, you guys just kept leaning in and leaning in. That's a very difficult place to play. I think it's been about 40-some years since this team has lost here when they were leading by 14 points at halftime. What we earned here today is the final stamp on understanding that we are one of the best teams in this league. go prove it each and every week we get an out but I love this team and I yes, love sir. getting to see you guys do your thing give it up for yourselves one yes, more sir. time he's got to stay patient probably didn't get enough touches early but he continues to be at his best in huge moments our running back where you have to have it in a football game, okay? You go to your best player. And time and time again today, Kirk Cousins found this job, and he made huge plays to change the game. Justin Jefferson, where are you at? All right, two guys that balled out on defense, led the charge all day long. First one, Eric Kendricks. Yeah! 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 We'll get to that other captain here in a second, but I do want to not miss out on Harrison Phillips, where I former. Yeah! 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 Oh, yeah! The last but not least, two interceptions. This guy is. to not smile uh listening to that hard to to not just put a smile on your face listening to those guys in the locker room after that emotional come from behind win to hear the head coach and when they it's probably not the right time but when they they put that up against what zimmer was doing last year and the way they sounded after wins last year or even previous years it's a totally different feel it's a totally different feel and it's so fun to watch these guys after wins, it, watch them on the plane. Uh, it wasn't Kirk with the change this week. It was Pat P with his two interceptions. The closer is what they're calling him now. And just so awesome to see the team celebrate like that. <clears throat> um, Zach, any other thoughts from, from Sunday's win or from other games around the NFL? No, that was the, that was the one I, I kind of just, you know, grazed over a couple different games and scores and stuff. And last night's game was pretty fun to watch, but nothing. I mean, I haven't seen a game like that in years. I don't think anyone has. So it's just uh, fun to reminisce on that one. And yeah, that that gave me chills listening to that. Come on, kind of like not to make more fun of Zimmer, but you imagine Zimmer doing something like that. Yeah, I don't, but then to think happen. how much, how you know, a coach doing that, especially there's probably some players that are older than him. I'm assuming maybe one or two. Well, he's 37, maybe not. But um just think like how fun it is in that locker room and it probably hasn't been that fun in a locker room maybe ever in a Vikings locker room like that dude that was sweet I wanted to be there yeah. um so yeah who knows that could take us a lot further than we can even think so yeah just exciting and proud of the bikes absolutely 
Absolutely. Big one next week, Dallas at home. And the Gophers, I mean, the Vikings, rather, will be home underdogs. Maybe not by the time uh, they actually kick off on Sunday. But a 325 game, I believe, will be on Fox um, coming up on Sunday. BG, any other thoughts from Vikings win around the NFL? Nope, it's all I got. I can't wait to to watch him next week and I guess to win another upset. Yeah, and uh, we're now tied atop the NFC with the Philadelphia Eagles after that loss to the Commies last night, which Zach just alluded to. They do have the tiebreaker on us, but uh, we're both 8-1 and one and we're having a lot of fun. Let's move over into Gopher football. We had Andy call in just a little bit ago, so we're going to play that part of the show right now. Then we'll get into a little bit of Timberwolves and then picks segment. All right, let's roll into Gopher football. Gophers got a huge win over the Northwestern Wildcats on Saturday at Huntington Bank Stadium, 31-3. to It was a fan, Kelly Ackmanis, getting... His second start, and he didn't look very good, BG, but uh, it's Northwestern. It it makes it three straight wins for the Gophers, and with Illinois losing um, last weekend, the Gophers are back in it. I mean, we still need a lot of help with Purdue. Uh, We need them to lose one of their final two games. We need Illinois to lose one of their final two games, Illinois facing Michigan this week. Uh, I'm kind of writing that off as a loss for Illinois already. Uh, I think Michigan's 18-point favorites. but So then you flip the page to Purdue, uh, who do they have? They got at Indiana this week. Um, oh, excuse me, they're home against Northwestern this week and then at Indiana um, to wrap up the season. So two games that Purdue's going to be favored in. Uh, but it's a win and it needs some help for Iowa, who we face this weekend. It's win out and you're in, uh, in the Big Ten Championship, that is. And we'll bring in Andy here uh, to preview a little Iowa-Minnesota this weekend. It's at Huntington Bank. It's uh, Gophers minus two and a half right now. Randy, you have the worst offense, uh, excuse me, the um, 131st, uh, 130th of 131 FBS teams. You guys are 130, generating about 251 yards per game. How are you feeling coming into this one? Take take that, UMass. Uh, I feel great because we have the second worst offense and we have um, arguably a top three. I should say not arguably. We do have a top three defense. Um, along all key metrics uh, in all of college football. So it balances out to about a perfectly average team. Um, I think this is, uh, the over-under here is 32 and a half. I'm hammering the over. Um, I think both of these coaches don't like each other. Um, and I think even if, it, if one team takes control, whether it's Iowa or Minnesota, uh, they're going to want to run up the score. Um, that's um, That's, that's just my take. I think, um, uh, and I feel like these teams always just play like two and a half quarters of good football. Um, and then the last seven years, Iowa has, has pulled away late. Um, it's been, it's been, it's been seven, it's seven in a row for Iowa. So I don't see any of that changing. The defense is playing so well right now. Um, I just don't see Minnesota getting anything going. Um, and Tory Taylor is, um, is just red hot punting the ball right now. So we're going to pin Minnesota back deep. Uh, do, you, do you have a weather report for the game? Yeah, I was just looking at that. The high for Saturday is 16 degrees. Um, oh, looks like that. it's going to be dry, but 15 mile per hour winds and a low of four degrees on Saturday. So it's going to be most likely a ground game for for both sides. And it's a three o'clock start, so it'll be it'll be dark by the end of that game. Mm-hmm. Dark, cold, and um. Yeah, it'll be um. It'll be a. It, I can't wait for this game in a couple of years to be a CBS two thirty kickoff. Um. Just this is a Big Ten football game right here. This 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 reminds me of like Iowa Wisconsin for back and forth for I mean even last weekend but for the past twenty years. Yeah. So how do you guys feel about the Gophers? I mean, we're feeling all right. It's going to be a heavy dose of Mo Ibrahim, and, and we'll see uh, if Athan can get the uh, the offense going through the air a little bit. He was seven for thirteen for sixty four yards uh, against Northwestern, a pretty elite uh, um, stat line there for Kelly Manis. So we're going to see if he can turn that around a little bit. But currently, uh, you hit it right on the head, Andy, with the thirty two and a half points uh, being the over under. 
it is if it stays there if the line doesn't move at all it'll be the lowest fbs college football total since tracking began in 1995 so historically bad uh two offensive football teams meeting and both have very solid defense the gophers have and for a while they were the number one ranked defense in the country with yards per attempt and first down conversions and all and third down getting off the field they've slipped a little bit but it's two very good defenses Iowa causes a little bit more havoc at least in terms of scoring defensively um, they they put up as many points as their offense does what seems like on a weekly basis uh, so it, it's going to be a low scoring game it's going to be a lot of running the football if if our freshman quarterback can make some plays running and make some plays in the air make you know one or two good throws on deep posts then I think the Gophers have a good chance of winning if he can't do that if he stumbles at all if he turns the ball over uh, then then we're going to have some issues but I think the keys for the Gophers is protecting the football and and rely on Mo that's been the story for the last three weeks really the three wins it's been heavy dose of Mo Ibrahim every single game and why not uh, to the best statistical running back the uh the Big Ten and maybe even college football has ever seen from a 100 uh, yard perspective. What is he up to like 19 in a row? Yeah, 18 or 19. 18 or 19. Um, but I, it's going to be an ugly game. Yeah, I've I've got a I've got a, I've got a very very specific prediction for the score and how the score is going to get here. So I uh, not even calling a winner. The the game is going to end 20 to 16. There's going to be three touchdowns scored. And how many field goals does that make? It doesn't make it five, six, six field goals, I think, two and four. Um, and then one of those three touchdowns will be defensive. And then the other two touchdowns, the drives will start off of turnovers uh, in the opposing team's territory. That is, like, that is, that is how this game is going to get over 32 and a half is um, by mistakes on both teams. Um and, and solid defense on both teams, um, causing turnovers and then giving themselves short fields to, to kick a lot of field goals and maybe score a touchdown or two. Yep, there we go. And I know uh, we haven't got to pick segment yet, and you have to run here in just a second, but uh, I saw that you have your triple down of the week listed for the I or triple down of the month, I should say, listed for the Iowa Hawkeyes at what would it be? Uh... Nine, nine, nine and a half? No, six and a half. Nine points, right? Is how we move it. Ten, ten points. Ten Double points, digits. yeah. Double digit. Um, so it would go to what? Seven, and, seven, a half. And, seven a half. and a half. Yeah, minus seven and a half for the Hawkeyes. Which is a big. That's a big difference. That's Six a and big. a half to seven and a half. That is big. Screw it. I. Uh, this is. Um, I mean, this is hate week for the Iowa football program. I mean, we go. Like this is like Iowa has all the momentum right now. Even though we had like 150 yards of offense um, last week and scored 24 points against the Badgers, um, it was uh, it, we've we've had the momentum coming off of the ugly loss to to Ohio State. You know, we get a trophy last week against Wisconsin, and then we're going to keep two trophies the next two weeks against Minnesota and um, and and Nebraska. I mean, we control our own destiny. And I think that's going to motivate this team. Like we control our own destiny, destiny, assuming Illinois loses to Michigan, which I think we've all established that they will. So, um, I mean, I think um, I would love to see Iowa go eight and four and get absolutely destroyed by Michigan in the Big Ten championship game. My uh, uh, makes my my future, my, my my long future on Michigan to win the Big Ten uh, just that much easier. So. Um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think Iowa has all momentum here. Minnesota needs some help. Um, you get a you get a new quarterback who's still getting his getting his feet wet. Um, I think Mo still gets his hundred yards this week, um, but he does it late in garbage time. I think he has under seventy five yards going into the fourth quarter. I'm making a lot of specific. I'm making so many specific predictions for this game. Never done this before. And you're making some uh, some hot takes. I was just going to say, Randy, saying that Iowa has all the momentum, I think, is a pretty hot take after the Gophers go 31-3 and against Northwestern. They beat Nebraska. They beat Rutgers 31-0. and And we're at home with a run-heavy game against uh, or with the best running back in college football, or at least one of them. Um, I know I, there's certainly some reason for optimism for Iowa. 
Um, but I think saying that all the momentum is in Iowa's favor is just not right, especially because it's at home and the Gophers are playing well right now. Um, after those hurdles midseason, they're in a three-game win streak and the end is in sight and possibly a Big Ten West championship. So I think you're finding the Gophers at a bad spot if you are um, a Hawkeyes fan. Look, you got a new I mean, quarterback. Yes, he is a freshman, Andy, but he, he's been playing. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't great uh, against Northwestern, but he was great at uh, Nebraska. He put up 20 points, and the offense put up 20 points in, in a comeback win when Kelly Akmanis, I guess I see it was his, I think it was his first full start other than Penn State, but uh, Kelly Akmanis comes in in the second half in, in front of 100,000 or whatever they seat at Nebraska, and, and the freshman pulls off a come-from-behind win against a, a team that – is in a lot of close games, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, but finds a way to lose them. And for the freshmen to come back in that environment, pretty promising. And like like BG said, three in a row for the Gophers. I'll, I'll leave it at this. Iowa has given up four touchdowns to teams not named Michigan and Ohio State this year. Four touchdowns is all we've given up this entire year besides two of the top four teams in the country. Um, I just don't see Minnesota's offense being that much better than, you know, any other offense besides Michigan and Ohio State um, to do that. I mean, Illinois, we, Illinois has been running the ball great all year. We kept them out of the end zone. Um, I mean, I think, I think that trend, that trend continues for the Hawkeyes this weekend. Yep, we'll see about that. I hope the pig stays in Minnesota. You mentioned it. It'd be the first time PJ has knocked off Kirk Ferentz. Uh, last time the Gophers did that was 2014 before Fleck in the boat uh, came to Minnesota. Good luck this weekend, Andy. Thanks, boys. All righty. Certainly looking forward to that game on Saturday between the Gophers and the Hawkeyes. BG, you want to give us a little state of the union of the Minnesota Timberwolves? Yeah, so quick, I think this is the second time we've talked about the young T-Wolf season so far mm-hmm. on the pod uh, this year. And first time, things weren't looking great, but they definitely weren't looking too bad early on the season. I think maybe six or seven games in the season. Yep. And back then, it wasn't time to panic. Uh, right now, I still don't think it's time to panic, but okay. things are looking pretty damn dire yep. right now. Um, I was hoping that the Wolves would just feel more comfortable and kind of fit into their scheme with Rudy, with the new guys, with D'Lo and all that, uh, and mesh it together in a way that uh, an NBA team with three or four, let's say three superstars on their team could could do. And we have just taken a step back in just about every game here. <laughs> and we are looking very bad, like a team who's going to be lucky to make the play-in bracket as of now. And I I could have had a, a more in-depth analysis, but I haven't been watching the games as much because it's been that bad. Where we're losing the teams we're not supposed to be losing to, and we're losing by 15 points, 20 points, even 30 points. Um, and just the other night, we got a big win against the Cavaliers, mm-hmm. who did not have Donovan Mitchell or Jared Allen, so it wasn't a full Cavaliers squad, but we'll take the win. And I mean, we were up at least 25 points during the game, and we almost lost that game. We ended up winning by two or three, I believe. And it's just, it goes to show that even when things are going right, which is really rare right now, the Timberwolves are not that team that's going to keep a 20-point lead and sustain that from a weaker injured Cavs team. And it's, it's a long season. That's why I'm saying it's not time to panic. There is 82 games, and we're through 14 of them. I believe the Wolves are 6-8. and eight. Yep. Um, it's, it's no time to panic. The Warriors are also 6-8. and eight. Um, the Kings right now would be in the playoffs. Mm. So it, there's a lot of shifting that's going to do, but the Wolves has got to figure it out. D'Lo has played horrible, minus the Cavs game. He played out real, unreal. But it, we just got to figure it out, and I, I still do have faith in Chris Finch. Um, I hope he knows what he's doing because he's given these guys who have not been playing well, like D'Lo, uh, a lot of time on the court. And maybe that Cavs game will be something that switches the way for D, for, for D'Lo. And the Wolves crew, but um, it's it's been frustrating to say the least, especially with the amount of hype that's come the Timberwolves' way before this season with how we finished last year and adding Rudy Gobert. It's just really damn ugly, so I hope next time we talk about it, it's better. Um, the Wolves play tonight against the Magic, so um, I'm hoping that they can get back on track against a subpar team and, and we can regroup here. 
Yeah, has certainly uh, certainly a shaky start to the season. It was a 17-point halftime lead against the Cavs, and it ended up being a four-point win. But you're right, BJ. They were up 40-20 to 20 in the first quarter, and then uh, 17 at, at the half, and unable to uh, close that thing out in, in a dominating fashion, at least. Um, Zachary, have you been watching some Wild? Could we get a little State of the Union on the Wild quickly if, if you're available for that? Unfortunately, I don't have anything on the Wild. Um, I got caught up in the in the postseason baseball, and then mm. from there I just dropped, totally stopped thinking about the Wild. So my yeah. apologies there. I should have done my homework. No, here I'll get. It, it, they're 7-6-2. and two. They're down two rip right now to Nashville. Uh, but uh, a, a shaky start for the Wild to start the season. The goaltending was terrible. Um, but it, it's been a lot better. Flurry's been better. Uh, now we just got to get get some goal scorers to start scoring some goals for us. But uh, the Wild in a little bit of a shaky start. Probably not as as bad of a situation as the Timberwolves at the moment. But uh, they're not they're not too far ahead of the Minnesota Timberwolves. But that's how it seems to go in Minnesota. When one team goes crazy, the rest of them go terrible um, or go terribly. <laughs> yeah. And so. I'd rather have the Vikings be that team out of all four that's killing it. So. Yeah. All in all, it's it's I think still good to be a Minnesota sports fan. Yeah, I mean, as here's a state of the union of the Wake and Take podcast. We're doing damn good. <laughs> we are doing damn good, and uh, the really the only team we all love and and will die for is is the Minnesota Vikings, and that's uh, it's a good feeling to be eight and one and be atop the NFC and have a. I, I think the next gen stats was we have a thirty percent chance of, of being the number one seed and. If you look at our schedule, you look at Philly's schedule. There's no reason we can't win out and, and somehow get to 16 and one or 15 and two and take that number one seed and get a bye and then try to win two home playoff games and go to a Super Bowl. I mean, it doesn't seem out of the picture right now to uh, uh, to, to visualize that. But we'll see what happens. Long way to go for the Vikings and, and for the Wolves in the Wild as well, and a big one, a big football weekend for. Uh, our Minnesota sports this weekend with, with the Hawkeyes coming to town and the Cowboys on Sunday. Both of those games set for 3 o'clock and 325 kickoffs. Um, and let's talk about some other games this weekend as we go into pick segment here. Uh, we'll start with the Thursday night game. It's the Titans in Green Bay at Lambeau Field. The pack coming off the come-from-behind victory over the Cowboys um, to win. Was that an overtime game? I was yep. overtime as well. Yeah. Um, uh, pack minus three in that one. BG, who do you like? I'll go Titans plus three. Um, I think Watson is not going to perform that well again. I also saw he's questionable right now, so is Alan Lazard. And it's obviously outside at Lambeau. It's in the cold, which makes it even harder to tackle Derrick Henry. As the season goes on and the weather gets colder, he gets better and better. So uh, I'm going to have the Titans to cover, maybe win. Zachary. That's a good point. And more, more you're thinking about that, I was kind of wanted to change it, but I think I got to go Packers because I think the NFL just loves the storyline of Rodgers being down and out at first, and then he's coming back. I think for some reason the, the football gods are loving Rodgers, and they're gonna they're gonna make this one. They're gonna milk this for everything they got. I think the Packers somehow pull the seat, turn the season around, so they're probably gonna win tomorrow or this uh, this Sunday. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. How about Thursday. Uh, how about ESPN uh, Monday Night Countdown last night? Spending like of their like 12 minute recap of the NFL weekend. They Dude. spent like 10 of it on the Cowboys Packers game. Like you yeah, literally just had the best, you had the game of the year. You had the game of mm-hmm. the year between two powerhouse football teams. And we got about a 20 second clip. Like, Oh, look at JJ's sweet catch and a goal line Dude. stand. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's, unbelievable. it's so unbelievable. And the Cowboys haven't, haven't been relevant for 30 years. And yet they're, they're still the team that they and it's probably Jerry Jones is in the pocket of the NFL, but um, it is no surprise that the Packers are getting as much airtime as they do, even even being four and six or three and six right now. Um, but the, the Cowboys almost disgust me more because they, I mean, they have not been relevant for years and years. And no matter how many playoff, like how many you know playoffs they've made, they've been in the weakest divisions and they've lost first round. Um, it's it, it, yeah, that, I saw that dude. I was thinking about that, and I just thought, I'm like, wow, that's. It's it's criminal. You can't do that. You can't do that. The Packers and Cowboys are gonna. They might not even both make the playoffs. Like that's that's. I hope they ridiculous. Don't. I know. I hope not either. Yeah, outside of Texas and outside of Wisconsin, that's the most hated matchup. Um, just about. Maybe you could throw the Eagles in there, but 
Nobody yeah, outside of Wisconsin and outside of Texas likes the Cowboys or the Packers. Well, the thing is, like, I don't understand why the Packers get so much love. It's a tiny market. Like, what? Right, right, yeah. uh, there's more people that live in Minneapolis than live in all of Wisconsin. Probably, I don't know if that's actually <laughs> true, but it probably is. That's a, that's a wake and take fact, right there. Yeah, that is, yeah. I don't know why the Packers are such like a premier. I mean, maybe there's just a lot of bandwagon Packer fans, and they move the numbers when when it's all said and done, but. I don't know. It is. It, I'll bring this up. It is a crazy. This is a fact outside of the wake and take facts. Yeah. Um, Wisconsin has more people than Minnesota. Does it really? Just nips us. Yeah. But really, I think it sounds good saying Minneapolis is bigger yeah. than the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. Oh, you're right. They do have more people. Five point eight million. We got five point seven million. Yeah, we're wow, sticking. What? We're sticking with it though. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. How that's even possible. <laughs> but yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, that's nuts. Anyway, yeah, dude, I'm taking so yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm taking the Titans. I hate the Packers and Rodgers now throwing that little we're not dead in there. So it was like it was relaxed one year. It was I don't even remember what the other one was and now this year it's we're not dead. And I think they are dead and I hope they die this weekend. I hope so. <laughs> Eagles at the Colts is our next game. It's Sunday at noon. Philadelphia favored by six and a half coming off the loss. BG, who do you like in Indianapolis? Um, I'll take Philly again, a, a team I don't like, but I think they win by a touchdown. At least I think they get back on track and I really just don't think the Colts are that good of a football team. Yeah. Zachary. Yep. I like Jeff Saturday a lot. I think a lot of people hate him. People are pissed about that. About Jeff Saturday. But yeah. Jeff Saturday, you hear about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And ne- never coached an NFL game or whatever. Yeah. That is pretty outrageous. They did that. Um, and, there's a lot of people very, very, very frustrated about that. And I understand how they're frustrated. Um, but dude, dude wins, wins his first game. <laughs> I, I really want to see him successful. Uh, I'm going to go Indy on this one. Pull up another upset. Yeah, I'm going Indy too. I hate Philadelphia. I pick with my heart. And uh, I would love to see Jeff Saturday just run the table with the Colts. And and yeah, I think I also think Philly is not as good as everybody thinks they are. I, I I don't know. I just think they're really one dimensional. They rely on a ton of Jalen Hurts, and, and he was pretty pedestrian last night. I thought, and I don't know. I hope they lose again. Yeah. I hope they just keep that would losing. Be great. Uh, let's see who Andy likes in this one. Andy obviously in the first game likes the Packers. He has. Uh, he didn't pick this game. Nice. Uh, <laughs> all right, Andy, you're getting an automatic loss then. Uh, <laughs> He's got the next game, though. He likes the Jets at the Patriots. New England minus 3BG. Who do you like? This one I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to go with the New York Jets. Um, As a house, me and my roommates were talking about it. If the Vikings weren't your team, who would your team be? Or I guess who's your second favorite team in the NFL? And my answer to that before the season uh, began, let me put that in there, was the New York Jets. I really do like Zach Wilson and Sauce Gardner. Um, and I think they're a sweet kind of underdog team, especially stuff going their way this season. Um, fresh off a of bye week, I think that the Jets take care of business. Zachary? Again, I really like the argument. I, I probably got to go Patriots just because that's what I was thinking, and I don't want to change it just because you had a good argument. <laughs> there, but, uh, Patriots, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the Pats as well. Patriots at home, it's tough to win in New England in November. I guess Patriots were on a bye, too. I think both of them were. So Both coming off there a bye. Go. Rest first rush. Um, Andy, like I said, likes the Jets. Let's move to my game of the week. It's the Cowboys at the Vikings. BG, what do you like? If I had a triple down, I'd use it. I don't think I have one, so I will go with the Vikings. Yeah, you do not have a triple down. I don't even know if Andy does. Actually, I have to look back and check on that. Uh, <laughs> Vikings, and you're getting them at minus, uh, sorry, plus, plus one, one. Yeah. Um, at the current line. Wow. Zach, you're with the Vikings as well, I assume? Yeah, I was going to say, do, I don't have a triple down, do I? I lost one, but I don't know if that was a month ago. or It's every month we go on, right? Yeah, let me scroll back and see um, real quick if I can. Yeah, you lost your triple down Gophers at Penn State. When was that game, though? <laughs> Wait, I lost that one? Uh, actually, no, you won that one. You won your triple down. Oh, okay. Um, hang on, let me um, just look up the schedule real quick and see when that game was. It October was October 22nd. Yeah, so you have a triple down available if you would oh, like no it. Way. So it's for for the calendar month? For the calendar month. This would be pretty silly not to take this one. 
I uh, probably got to do it. What would that get the line so at? Minus nine. Minus nine. Minus nine at home versus the Cowgirls. Yes, I'm doing it. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Such a ballsy pick. I'm not going to triple down with you, mainly because I don't have one. But if I did, I still probably <laughs> wouldn't use it. Uh, tough one uh, to win by nine against against the boys. They have a pretty damn good defense. Andy likes the Vikings, and he's or sorry, Parker likes the Vikings. Maybe I've been looking at Parker's picks for all these. Um, no, I haven't. Andy does like the Vikings, um, and Andy is going to triple down on Iowa. Um, our last game, it's the Hawkeyes at Minnesota. Gophers minus two and a half, PG. Yeah, I'll take the Gophers. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game, just like just what everybody thinks, but I think we'll win by a field goal at least. Probably a field goal. Zach? I think we'll win by a field goal. I think Iowa scored like 20 points all year. I'm going to go with the Gophers. Yeah, I, I like the Gophers. I think PJ finally breaks the dam on the Iowa Hawkeye football team, gets his first win against the Hawkeyes, and then uh, gets a chance, hopefully, in Madison in the next um, the next week. I'll be there, and hopefully a chance to win the Big Ten West, which would be Are pretty we incredible. Uh, we, we need some help. So we, we need to win out, obviously. We need Illinois to lose this weekend at Michigan. I've already kind of checked that box. So Illinois, we'll, we're going to scratch them off. Then we also need Purdue to lose one of their final two games. They're at Indiana this week. Or sorry, they're home against Northwestern at Indiana to end the season. Um, so games, are, games are going to be favored by a lot in, but you never know with the Northwestern Wildcats. They're obviously yeah. not very good this season, but they played a pretty tight game against Ohio State. It, it, was blown, it was blown 50 off of Lake Michigan, so hopefully we get some of that on Saturday. <laughs> but an 11 o'clock game in Northwestern with 5,000 people there, I've been at a few of those games. And it's no, you have not. It's tough to get going. Yeah, just when the Gophers have played there a few times, it, it's tough. There's more Gopher fans there usually at the start of the game than Northwestern fans. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a small kind of crappy stadium. They are getting a sweet brand new stadium, yeah, but uh, it's it's a tough place to play. Now the football team's not very good, so uh, Purdue a lot to play for. Obviously, they have a, a chance to go to the Big Ten championship. It's not super likely, but you never know. You never know especially after uh, what happened last week with the Vikings. Never say die uh, in this uh, great sport we call football. Andy likes the Hawkeyes in triple-down fashion. That's all I got for picks, boys. Zach, you got uh, got something to leave us with tonight? I love putting you on the spot. I'm sorry to do that again. (laughs) Ooh, no worries. I should come prepared. Um, Oh, dude, this is crazy. I'm not even joking. In a class full of girls, I was put on the spot. Asked because there's apparently a TikTok challenge going around uh-huh. that's saying if are you are they they literally it, it wasn't the whole class honed in on this but it was it was about it had to have been about ten girls around and when they, we were all getting ready to get back into class and they quizzed me on if you compete with a tampon in and I said no and the answer I guess was yes and I was laughed out of the room. <laughs> The 18-year-old girls were, were po- poking fun at the 27-year-old guy, the only guy in the, still in the undergrad education class. <laughs> and the teacher, he's like, she's so awesome. He's like, it's not his fault. They just don't teach anyone that anymore. They're like, they're trying to defend me. And I, I got like just red as a fire hydrant. And I was like, I just don't know how I'm supposed to know that. Yeah, I'm not staring down in the face of that when I'm, you know, like I just don't. How does anyone know that? And so uh, apparently it was a pretty stupid answer. You know, I could only give him two answers, yes or no, and I answered wrong. You chose the wrong one. Yeah, yeah. Fifty chance on that one. Do you have a lot of a lot of like eighteen year olds in your class? Uh, they're uh, twenty one. Twenty one. Okay. So all everyone's turning twenty one. But in this class, I'm the only guy, and it's about twenty (laughs) four girls. That's hilarious. You must hate that. Poor you. (laughs) Yeah. I got it bad. <laughs> we have to change your identity again, Zach. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, put, I'm not. Yeah, put Ramblin' Rick again. I'm, <laughs> I've said too much. <laughs> I don't know at, at what point in the podcast we started. I mean, for a while you were Zach Schefter. And then you're a rambling wreck. And then after a while, I just said, screw it, and just started putting Zach Briel in there. And I don't know if you ever, like at what point, if we ever had a discussion I mean, about that. But 
smiling katana if you don't mind putting like rambling rick on the floor <laughs> that'd be cool we, we truly <laughs> uncover why you switched your major and why you, you took up education it all makes sense. Yes. It all makes sense. Just don't tell my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, to be fair, I don't actually put your name. I, I never put your name in the uh, bio or the description, so it won't come up on like a keyword search, but we just call you Zach Briel on the podcast all the time. Oh, perfect. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> I, that's I don't good. put yeah, your yeah, name. Yeah. I don't I don't put uh, Zach Briel just in case. Okay, good. Yeah, as long as it's not in writing. I mean, and well, nobody's listening at this point either, so it, it doesn't True. Yeah, n- nothing illegal happens. It's just like someone gets wind of that. I was like, huh, that's very... Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> we got we got about 20, 25 uh, very dedicated listeners that will listen to every second <laughs> of podcast that we put out. Uh, you know, to name a few, like Tyler Peterson, every week you listen to every show. Love that, and a bunch of others too. That Evan Anderson, that Evan Anderson, yeah, to the end. Yep, yep, and a whole Can bunch you of see others. See who does it? No, but they always text me. Saying like you know whatever something about the last bit of the show or whatever, and you can <laughs> you can see how many people listen to it through the end and how, like when they pull out of it or when they stop listening or how long they like average time listened and stuff and it goes wow, down throughout cool. the episode. But you can see how many people finish the episode completely, and it's about twenty to five thirty, um, sometimes more if if the Vikings have a big win like this week, we'll get a few more viewers. But yeah, by this time they're all. Sp- most of them are, are, are off yeah. besides the diehards. One of the, one of these times we got to put like a Venmo request and like a description at the end. And if they do that, we pay them like five bucks or whatever. Yeah. If oh, that'd be sweet. Late. Yeah. Yeah. But it, and it's gotta be at like, you say it's like a 60 minute episode. It's gotta be at like the 47 mark. So we can't, you know, sometimes maybe they're just like, all right, let's see what's at the end of this, how they end this one or something. Yep. Like right. someone like at a time they wouldn't know at all. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I, I like it. Well, Ramble and Rick, great to, uh, great to chat with you as always. As always, sir. Yep. All right, good, good luck to uh, all of our teams this weekend. I'm hoping we're recapping some big time football victories next week. We'll see you all. Next. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind. I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there.